0: It's time for the hammer down show with Jared Jesolitus. Oh yes and what was that beginning middle and end part again? Streaming online at
1: 1017 thehammer.com All
0: right sounds good let's do this.
1: not going to set the conference afire. fire, I get that, but uh, when you look at the, the losses there, everybody that's in the top of the conference, West Lafayette and, and Guerin, uh that's not, that ain't an easy run of teams. And uh, now they finally played a team that was uh, a little bit on par, maybe a little bit below them, same thing with Marion this week, but they not only one, but I mean they handle business. So we'll talk with Coach Strasser about that a little bit more. Uh that is coming up. I do have your chance to win tickets to the sold out Boilermaker football game Saturday night against Nebraska. Text Boiler Up to 765-447-4080. I will draw out a winner at the end of the show. So text BoilerUp to 765-447-4080. We'll get you in the running for these tickets. If you want to go Saturday night, sold out against Nebraska. Team's flying high. I want to put your face in the place there. So text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and I will get you a chance to score some tickets. I got some to give away here for you, and I want to hook you up. BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. Gets you, yes you, in the running. Let's go ahead and get started with our need to know news. Here's
0: your need to know news.
1: All right, speaking of Purdue football, unfortunately, down another one. According to Tom Deanhart, GoldenBlack.com, Chris Jefferson, the defensive back, is out for Saturday's game. He is fourth on the team in tackles. Six, he's got that pick six this season as well. He's been good filling in for Jalen Graham. Jalen's back, and now look at him. Not fair, man. Not fair. Just lost Daniel Johnson earlier this week, too. Yeesh. We'll have a little bit better picture on who's in and who is out uh, come this uh, tomorrow, essentially. We'll get a, we'll get one more talk with the coaching staff here. Uh, speaking of uh, injured offensive linemen, Alex Leatherwood is back on the practice field for the Bears. He has not played yet this year. He is back after being placed on that non-football illness list. It was mono, right, for him? Uh, Back in early September, he can practice for the next three weeks. Bears have got to decide within that three weeks whether to activate him or shut him down for the year. I can't imagine. I mean, let's be reasonable here. The Raiders did everything they could to trade him. Nobody wanted him. Nobody else claimed him off the waivers except for the Bears. And he's just supposed to come out having mono? Bro, come on. I don't know. I don't think that's the move. That's just me, man. Commanders won't have one of their key defenders to play against the Bears, though, on Thursday night as William Jackson's already been ruled out for Thursday night's game with a back injury. Um, he's been a uh, pivotal part in the depth at corner there. Full, injuries, uh, full injury report for Thursday night's games due out here, uh, I think, within the next hour or so. So we'll keep an eye out on that. Maybe we'll get something before we go off of the air. Speaking of injuries, Zach Kiefer on Colts practice today. Naeem Himes, Taekwon Lewis in red non-contact jerseys. Quiddie Pay watching, but not in a boot. Ryan Kelly working off to the side. No Shaq Leonard, no Jonathan Taylor, and no Julian Blackman. I mean, you need Jonathan Taylor back. They seem optimistic earlier in the week. I don't know what's going to happen. NBA preseason continues. Jaden Ivey last night in the Pistons uh, lost their third in a row. Still in search for a W in the preseason. 115-98, losing at home. Ivey, 4 of 12, 11 points, 0-3 from behind the arc. He added two boards, four assists, a steal, and two blocks. Meanwhile, the Bulls, hey, there were winners over the Bucks. 127-104. Patrick Williams with 22 points led the Bulls. Vooch had 17 and 11 not a bad night but the Bucks weren't exactly playing their best players tonight Blackhawks will kick off their season in Colorado as the Avs raise their cup banner uh we'll talk about it here in a second but uh I'm not exactly on the train here uh Hawks have lost all but one preseason game all those losses were by a minimum of three goals or more It is what it is, folks. It's going to be another long season for your Blackhawks. Next up, uh, we also got Pacers hosting the Knicks tonight. Preseason action. That's what's going on. It's a Wednesday night, man. But at least hockey is back. I'm very excited about that. I should have given out some picks yesterday. I was on the Rangers in Jad to be the first goal scorer because it was boosted yesterday on DraftKings, and lo and behold, I got lucky there. We hit that one. All right, there is opportunities afoot here tonight. I'm very excited, and uh, that's why we are going to get after it tonight with our friends from DraftKings. We did very, very well uh, on hockey last year, especially in the playoffs. I want to do good again here. Tonight, your easiest game of the night is going to be the Blackhawks losing to the Avs. Avs, a lot of pomp and circumstance, going to be raising that banner. They're a very good team still. They still have pretty much all of those parts, at least the parts that matter, I think. Uh, Still going to be weak at goalie. But let's face it, it's not like the Blackhawks are loaded up with talent for you to be able to, or for them to be able to take advantage of this stuff. Go use my friends at DraftKings tonight. You can get yourself a free NHL profit boost. All you do is opt in. You're either getting 10, 25, 50, or 100% boost. I got 25. All right, and what you want to do right there is you take Colorado. See, this is – I want you to take the puck line. It's at minus 150 and use the boost. What I think is a better use there if you want to play it a little bit safer Take the Avalanche money line. Take the Oilers at minus 190, hosting the Canucks. uh, I think there's going to be a lot of goals in that one. Usually early on in the season, you don't see a ton of uh, high-scoring games. Guys are still kind of getting back in the groove of things. So the first couple of weeks, um, you know, you're usually fading these under six and a halfs. This is hard in this one because Vancouver's defense is very poor. Edmonton has a lot of goal scoring and uh, not much defense either. But I do think they win at home. Let's say you get the 25% boost. You take the 425, you take the 190, you parlay that together. Use your 25% boost, you're into even money. And I don't hate that. That's not bad for you. Also on NHL Tonight on DraftKings, get a 50% boost on any same game uh, parlay X boost. That's where you get like the two different games. And here, another great chance for you to uh, come away uh, w- with a great parlay here. What I went ahead and did for that boost, again, this is 50%, I went ahead with the Colorado Avalanche puck line, minus one and a half. Uh, and I took the Edmonton Oilers, and then over five, I adjusted the over-under. I went with five and a half goals, so I drop it down one. You boost that, you're at plus four plus 429. That's pretty darn good. And these are the two easiest games, I think, for the evening, very confident in the Colorado Avalanche, if you want to move that puck line on a single one, go right ahead. I feel pretty darn confident in the Edmonton Oilers, too. Not as much as I do the uh, Avalanche here this evening, but, I mean, those are those are the good ones. If you want to get crazy and add a third team somewhere in there, I would option the Maple Leafs over the Canadians. The Canadians are still terrible. Um, I think Toronto just got too much talent, and uh, even though they're on the road, uh, they'll go ahead and get the W. I just like taking two home teams. Let's keep it easy. Let's build some bankroll for tomorrow, and we can do it tonight on DraftKings because I got a couple great NHL boosts for you. All right, so make sure you take advantage. They're easy to opt into. Uh, I'm not on ba- baseball playoff baseball has been, and I I got friends that do that, and uh, they're all complaining. It has not been easy, so I'm gonna stick to what we know, what we've been profitable with, and uh, we'll go with that NHL two. Two profit boosts for you tonight. Why not roll with that? All right, you got this. Please play responsibly. All right, I want to remind you to text BOILERUP765-447-4080. You'll be entered to win my tickets for the Nebraska game. It is sold out on Saturday. I want you to have your face in the place, so get at me. Text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080, and let's get you in the running here. I'm going to draw out winners at the end of the show, okay? You want to win a pair, text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080. 4-0-8-0. I got you here, all right? Hang tight. We're going to come back. Coach Josh Strasser of the McCutcheon Mavericks is going to be my guest next. An impressive win for them on the road down at Arsenal. All right? What happened? What's been going good here? And uh, how are they going to finish the season? We're going to talk with Coach Josh Strasser. He's coming up next. Stick around for that and more. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017theHammer and 1017theHammer.com. To our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go, and it's Coach Josh Strasser, McCutcheon Mavericks on with us, coming off a monumental win, 41-8 on the road at Arsenal Tech uh, last week. Coach, a big congratulations on that. I, I liked your odds going down there, but... Um, I, I don't know that many people would have had running clock in the second half for you guys. What a uh, what a hell of an effort you guys had to put it bluntly. Congratulations on that.
0: Yeah, thank you, um, it, man. Much needed. Uh, you know, the month of September was really rough on us, and uh, you know our guys continue to, you know, stay positive um, and, and continue to grind, and that that's all we can ask of them. And that that's a tough challenge as a t- as a coach sometimes especially you find, you know, you find some uh, some tough teams on your schedule and you have no way but to continue down that fast. So uh, really, really proud of our guys. I thought we had a great start. Um, you know, Owen Smith came out firing right away based on how uh, Tech was playing their defense. And, um, you know, we had to go to the air. And uh, Owen was, you know, precise in his throws and, and our receivers were just running really aggressive. So uh, I, I was proud of them and uh, proud of, how we executed early, and we got some early scores and jumped on them fast, and um, that that was kind of how the first half went. Um, you know, we came out second half. We started our starter. We told them they got one series, and then we we were rotating everybody. So, um, you know, we got a lot of guys into the game. We got a good win. We came out healthy, and we got the W most importantly.
1: Everybody, Nolan Smith, you had uh, 12 for 21, 245, and uh, five touchdowns. Uh, a very beastie night uh, for him, and uh, like you said, it, it's it's much needed. I mean, when you put the schedule into perspective here, um, you, you know, the month of September, like you po- pointed out there, we're talking about the top four teams in the conference. You know, Kokomo was undefeated. Uh, Harrison was undefeated when you took him on. Jeff, with just that one loss uh, uh, to Harrison, you, you go back to the beginning of the season where you took on uh, the number 1 team in 3A, West Lafayette. You know, Garen's no slouch at all either. Uh, you start to put that in perspective, and you see it's the, the overall record's a little bit misleading with this team. Uh, I'm glad you're able to go out there and, and get that win at uh, Arsenal here uh, on the road to kind of validate. Because we talk about this every week. You feel like the kids are working hard. Uh, you feel like the buy-in is there, and just... The result's not there on the scoreboard just yet. But you come home with that W, and now here you are with another game against the uh, Marion Giants, who are, uh, and to put it kindly, are are not in the uh, top three or four of the NCC. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's still a challenge for you guys here uh, against Marion. As you prep for them, what are you seeing on film with the Giants?
0: Yeah, so, you know, Marion, Marion's a, a team that, you know, that we felt going in. I remember going in last year, we thought that, you know, we had a chance to beat them. They had, they had a big running back, and, uh, you know, we couldn't get stops. And ended up uh, – they, they took us down there at their place last year. Um, you know, I, I think similar situation this year. This is a team that we're probably better matched against, um, you know, athletically. But also it's a team that, you know, they're 83% run. We've not been great against the run the past month. So, you know, we, we've got to get better against the run to limit their big plays and limit their opportunities. So – That's uh, a big focus for Coach Rumler and our defense right now. Um, Defensively, um, I I feel like they're built like Tech a little bit. That They've got a a solid front line, a little bit younger and and, uh, weaker in the defensive backfield. um, Something that I I could see Owen Smith coming out and having a similar type uh, setting that he had on Friday night against Tech.
1: You know, this will be the uh, last uh, regular season home game for uh, your senior class. Uh, I know you've been there for quite some time, but uh, this is your first season as the head coach. Talk a little bit about the senior class. I mean, uh, they're coming into their last year of high school football and uh, big changes, right? I I mean, change coaching staff, terminology, what you guys do and everything um talk about their resilience and uh how you think that this class is going to re- be uh, remembered going forward
0: you know it, it's always tough being a senior when a, when there's a coaching change um I never had that when I was growing up I had that when I got to college but I never had that growing up and man that's you know you put a lot of a lot of effort in for one guy um and then you don't have him in your senior year and, and we knew that uh, and we, we've tried to um I would say shoulder that with care for our seniors and understand that um, you know the things that they're doing we're asking them to do some things differently Um, but I I would say I I love I love their respect for our coaches and how how much they've adopted uh, the the change that we put in with this program and um, and and they see it they see the changes taking place and they see all the great things going on with our, our freshmen and our junior varsity programs and and they see that. Um, so I, I can't thank them enough for what they're doing. Um, but, you know, a lot of these guys have put a lot of care into the program over the past, you know, four years, but also growing up uh, growing up in the program through the middle school. So, you know, guys like Ryan Denham, Cam Little, um, Quentin Smith, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, youth football guys, um, you know, I'm going to keep going. Tay Moten, you know, he, he's a kid that it's been fun to see him mature over the past year into a leader. Ivan Escalera, we talked about him. Um, you know, grew up playing in a, in a younger pro in another program in the area, and uh, you know, as a kid, weren't even, we weren't even sure we were going to have back this year. And turns around, and has a big game against Jeff. Um, you know, Jacob Frank is a kid. that He's been a great program kid. Um, you know, I've got Neil Talbot, Grady Dale. So I'm just going the list. I got to I got to make sure I recognize all these guys. <laughs> Go right ahead. Patrick Duncan, Aiden Burge. Jerry Grubb, soccer kid that came out, he's done a phenomenal job for, her, for us. Um, Brock DeFries came back. Um, missed his junior year, came back and played football. Dietrich Jackson's been with us. Um, Andrew Purcell started for a couple years with us. Carter Norsworthy came back. Tanner Asville came back. Sam Morris came back. Um, Vance Berry is the new, new player for us this year. Michael Henry's been with us. Ty Woodward's been a four-year kid. Um, and that and that 's it, and it 's really important that that I, I mention them all, and as I said, not all of them have been with us for four years, but we recognize their effort and what they 've done
1: now it 's uh, the foundation of uh, what will be the future of this program uh, I got uh, coach Josh Strasser on with us right now on the uh, hammerhead hotline i you know, 've been asking all these coaches uh, the same question, and uh, I think yours is going to be a, a little different from everybody else, but uh, as we hit the last week of the regular season here. Do you feel like this team, I've been asking, do you feel like your team is kind of, are they hitting their stride here as they head into the postseason? Uh, I know you probably have a slightly different uh, scoreboard when it comes to uh, what you're doing here because of where you had to start with everything and and build everything up, but um, I'm sure you at least had a little bit of a timeline in your head. Do you feel like that this team has been meeting those expectations from what you had from the beginning of the season to where you're at at this point?
0: Well, I do feel like, you know, it's important over the course of the season to develop depth and to maintain, um, you know, a healthy roster. And and we've had some challenges over the past few weeks, but I I feel like we're getting more healthy here um, as we're hitting week nine, going into, going into the playoffs. And that, that's a key. I mean, you, you ask any coach and, you know, anybody can, that can go into the playoffs with a healthy roster. They're a lot more confident than if they don't have a healthy roster. So, I, I do feel like we have a healthy roster. I do feel like we've gained some experience. We've got some young guys that have been stepping up uh, to add to our depth chart. So that that's always a positive as we're going in, and um, you know, look forward to um, you know having a bye week next week and get eight days of practice in before before we play in the playoffs.
1: Coach Josh Strasser, again, uh, they're going to be taking on Marion here on Friday night, and then uh, a sectional matchup in two weeks. Uh, against decatur central coach hey it's always a pleasure talking football with you congratulations on yet another big win looking forward to another one here on friday
0: sounds great thanks jared
1: can't thank coach enough for being on with us there like i said a, a big win over uh arsenal tech and you know maybe i'm inflating that a little bit in some people's eyes but 41 to 8 for a program that you know, had only put up, what, 16 points the two weeks before that against Kokomo and Jeff, three points against Harrison, uh, 26 against Logan Sport, 37 against a very bad Muncie Central team. Uh, th- this is, I mean, this is very big. They averaged like, 19 points for, 34 points against. I mean, they needed that kind of feel-good win here. And, uh, you know, a- as I pointed out, they they have, the, what is it, 36th-ranked schedule, Right now in uh, Indiana High School football, I, you just look at the opponents that they take it on. Uh, what, Jeff's got the one, uh, two losses, one of the Cathedral. Kokomo's undefeated going the last week of the season. Logan's Sport gave Harrison some trouble last week. Harrison, um, you know, they've only got one loss. They're winning the, the conference title. West Lafayette's the number one team in 3A. And Garen's not a slouch. That's the first game of the season, though. I feel like every week I say, hey, I I feel like they're getting a little bit better. They had a step back in the Kokomo game. And I I thought they had a little bit of a step back against Jeff. Now, Jeff was pretty ticked off after losing that game to Harrison. They wanted to, you know, they had that week of practice. You know what I'm talking about. Still, to get this win here, and now you're going to go uh, at home this Friday night against a Marion team that is 0-8. That only puts up eight points a game as well. This is great momentum, and they're trying to build something out there, and that's why I root for them. You know, somebody will be like, you get it every once in a while. Sam King gets it all the time. Uh, You like this team, you don't like that. I I love all five of our area coaches. I want to see them succeed. I love all of our area football players, and it stinks when they got to play each other. It's great to watch. It's a lot of fun, and... You know, I step back and I, I don't pull in those games. I just pull for kids to do great things. And, but I root for these coaches. I talk to them every week. I root for these programs. I want everybody to be successful. And uh, McCutcheon's going to get there under Josh Strasser. But it is going to take a little bit of time. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, I believe their uh, you know, freshman squad, what did they go, like 7-1 on the season, I think he told me there? So, I mean, it's... There, there's development coming here. Uh, can they win that first game against Decatur Central? Man, I don't know. But if they go out there and they do the same thing to Mary and what they did to Tech, uh, you can't at least deny you feel like, hey, this is a team that has gotten better, a team that's going to get better again next year. You have your junior quarterback with another year under his belt getting a little bit better. I mean, they'll go as far as as Owen Smith can take them, um, airing the football out and get it to guys like uh, Cam Little to make those plays. If they could do that against Decatur, I think they can hold their own. I, if they go out and do the same thing to Marion like they did to Tech, uh, I, I'm not going to write them off because maybe something's starting to click a little bit for them. Yeah, I, like I said, they don't have the Jimmys and Joes across the board like a Jeff does right now, like Harrison does right now, like West Lafayette does right now. It's tough to match up against those teams. It's tough for just about anybody to match up against those teams. But they come out, I mean, they should have won the Logan Sport game. That's the one that got away. You know, they did what they were supposed to do against Muncie Central. They don't get to play Richmond like everybody else does. You know they don't get Anderson, who's three and five, but they had to play the top four teams in the conference this year, who worked eight and zero, seven and one, six and two, six and two. It's tough, man. It's a tough draw, but they're going to be better for it. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens in that sectional. Really, really will. Uh, but they got to go through Marion here on Friday night, and uh, I think they can do it again. I, I, I really, really do. I mean, Marion should be used to a running clock by now because it hits just about every week. They don't score. So we'll see what happens uh, this Friday night, but big thanks to Coach Josh Strasser. All right, we're going to take a break. Don't forget to continue to text BOILERUP to 765-447-4080. We'll get you registered to win those tickets for that game against Nebraska. Sold out on Saturday night. I got tickets to hook you up with. So text BoilerUp to 765-447-4080. We'll draw out a winner at the top of the hour. So you got a half hour left to do that. Get that into me. BoilerUp to 765-447-4080. And uh, we'll get you in the running to win some tickets there. All right. Hang tight. Coming back more of uh, the Hammer Down show next on 1017. They hammered 1017. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017, the Hammer, 1017, thehammer.com. Reminding you, you got till the top of the hour here to text me, BoilerUp, the 765-447-4080. That's 765-447-4080. Uh, to uh, get yourself registered to win those tickets for the game against Nebraska on Saturday night, uh, I got tickets. I want you to win them. Text BoilerUp, the 765-447-4080, and I will draw out a winner at the end of the show. All right, I, I want to get into uh, something that's been making the rounds this week. It got discussed generally on Sunday and a little bit on Saturday night, but I think it's been renewed ever since what happened on Monday night football this week. And that is the desire to go for two late in a football game um, to make it a, uh, a tougher road for your opponent. Now... Uh, this all started on Saturday. Payne-Durham gets all the way down to what, like the two-yard line with that catch. Huge play, goes down, um, which seemed to be the smartest thing in the world here. Jeff Brom and company essentially take a uh, a knee here uh, for down one and down two to burn more clock. And then they run it in on third down. Jeff Brom in the postgame heard it in a car, talked about, The reasoning behind that, you want to burn that clock, you want to burn their timeouts, one or the other, whatever you can do. But you want to go in on third down. Some people want to wait and try to do it on fourth down. He says, you don't want to take that risk. You want to make sure that you get it punched in. And uh, he's 100% right on that. But took some flack, people thinking that you should go for two there. The field goal puts you, or the PAT there puts you up eight. You go with the two-point conversion that gives you uh, nine, and then that basically takes the ball game there. I understand that philosophy. Two-point conversions on the whole, somewhere in the 40% range. The downside being that if Maryland scores, they kick the PAT. Um, you know, it's tied and you go to OT. So by going, this is the argument I saw by going for two, you can't lose the game. You can only win the game. Which I'll tell you this you can, you can miss a PAT. It can be blocked. It's possible. We saw it in that game. I'm not a fan of going for it for two. Jeff Brom says he doesn't rely on the analytics. And I don't know that you should. I think as a head coach, you know your personnel. You understand the way the winds are blowing in that game. And if you think it's prudent to go there because you understand your team and you feel like you know your defense is vulnerable and you do it, then that's fine. I can live with that. I'm tired of the statisticians about it, though trying to boil this down to a mathematic like, hey, this doesn't make any, you know, this this makes the most amount of sense to do that because yada, yada, yada. I don't like taking a, a low 40% play chance. I'd much rather kick the PAT and make their offense do that to go to overtime. I'm making Maryland do more, not me. I'm making Maryland do more. And it was the right call. Now, you got helped out thanks to the flag there in the end zone. And then you know, that pushes that two point conversion back even farther. And uh, it gets thrown out of the back of the end zone, incomplete. Boilers win. But we got to stop relying on this analytics stuff. It's getting a little bit out of control. I think you're taking away the feel from the coaches trying to shame them into doing something that they probably in their gut know that's probably not the safest bet for their football team. Now, Monday night, clearly going for the two was the wrong choice in Kansas City uh, for those Raiders. Terrible choice. Now, you have a chance to tie it up? That's a little bit different. Because even if you convert that two and you go up by one, your defense still has to make the stop. Your defense is in the exact same position, essentially. They still got to get the stop. They still can't let them get in the field goal range. I guess the only difference is if your defense gets a stop, you can either have a win or you can have a loss. What would you rather do? And maybe when you're one and three, and you need a spark for your team. You go for it, I guess. I, I don't know. I just never see the sense in taking points off the board. You don't do these two-point conversions in the in the first and second quarters or in the third quarters. You just kick. They're giving you a point. Take it. Take it. Why are you going to? Risk uh, a better option. You would rather have your offense out there trying to win uh, the football game in a drive and only have to do a field goal, right? Why are you risking uh, that two-point conversion? I just, I I don't get it. Jeff Brown made the right decision there. He made, and he makes the right decision because he knows his team. He understands his team. And he took the temperature of that game, and that's what he came out with. Even if that two-point conversion at the end, Maryland gets it, they go to overtime, they lose, I still don't second-question that. Because look what has to happen. You kick the PAT, you make Maryland drive, what was it, 70-some-odd yards? they got to drive 70 yards, score a touchdown in 35 seconds. I'm sorry. They had a minute twenty. Score touchdown in a minute twenty. Then they had to get the two point conversion, and even then, your offense is getting the ball back with a chance to go down the field. If it all happens, you are taking, you are putting all the risk on Maryland. You have to be more risk adverse here. I get it. You feel like your your defense has been toast all day. And this is the only way you're going to get a W is, and I see this happening to OT. First team scores, kicks the PAT. You think, hey, we're not stopping them again. We're in. Let's see if we can take it. All right. That's a whole different scenario. But regular game, take the PAT in that decision. All right? That's a point. And now you've got to make Maryland do a whole lot. you got to make them jump through a whole lot of hoops. It was the right decision. And some people are still chastising him. Or not going for two. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. Josh McDaniels, that, it, it, that didn't make sense to me. The only thing that made sense to me on Monday night when he does that is, we're one in was it, one in three, one in four, and we got to do something to turn this thing around. I need to energize this team for the long haul. Hey, why not? On the road, I get that. I guess I get that to do that. But at the end of the day, you still have to put your defense out there on the field. They still have to keep Kansas City out of field goal range. <laughs> you got to do the exact same thing anyway. So why not give yourself a little bit more room for error on defense and play with a chance for overtime? Just me. That's just me. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. We are going to wrap up the Hammer down Show next. Last chance, text BOILERUP, 765-447-4080. We'll get you registered for those Nebraska tickets. Uh, Saturday night's uh, sold-out game in Ross-Ade Stadium. I got your tickets here. Text BOILERUP, the 765-447-4080, and I'll get you registered to win. And uh, we'll wrap up the Hammerdown Show next on... (laughs) Welcome back. The Down Show is on 1017 The Hammer 1017theHammer.com. Thank you. You've been spending a whole hour talking local sports with me, and uh, I, uh, I, I do appreciate that. Trying to, trying to find some uh, injury reports here for the Colts and the Bears. Nothing out just yet. Um, by the way, uh, Chase McLaughlin was the AFC Special Teams Player of the Week for his 4-for-4 four four performance in uh, kicking those field goals. So uh, you got that going on. Nikhil Harry's supposed to be back for the Bears tomorrow night. How about that? Not only that, they're going to go with those orange helmets that you love so much. I kind of dig them. Not going to lie. Since so the orange jerseys with those orange helmets and then the blue sea. So, yeah, the injury report just out a little bit ago. Dane Cruickshank, the only person listed as questionable. Everybody else, full participants. There you go. Great news uh, for the Bears as they get ready for tomorrow night's game against the Commanders. Who's betting that no touchdown again? I know you want to. I know you want to. Oh, goodness. Uh, Meanwhile, on the other side, for the Bears injury report. Jahad Dobson, Thursday night game, uh, for Thursday night's game, he is out. Logan Thomas, also out. It's all turning up Bears right now. Dodson was tied with Stephon Diggs for the most receiving touchdowns in the league. What a heck of a break here for the Chicago Bears. All right, the uh, I, I sounded off about this as we went off the air yesterday, but uh, as we get to the things that we may have missed here, it uh, looks like charges have been filed against Devontae Adams after the shove uh, at uh, at Arrowhead on Monday night. If you missed it, kind of shoved the cameraman that got into his way at, as he was heading into the tunnel. He uh, apologized post-game and also apologized on the, uh, on the Twitter machine, social media. But uh, they're looking at a misdemeanor charge for assault for him. And that's a city ordinance assault charge. It's not even like a state-level thing. So there's like a small fine. He could spend up to 180 days in jail, but come on. Come on, really? That's not happening. Look, I, I said this yesterday. I'm not out here putting a cape on and, and standing for the guy saying that he should not get suspended. If the NFL chooses to suspend him for a game for what he did, I'm fine. Uh, so be it. My issue was, and you look at the grand scale of how they measure these uh, punishments, and I see what happened to Deshaun Watson and how uh, the lack of remorse that he had versus a a guy who made a mistake and uh, had some genuine remorse for it. I just think of uh, I think of fine is sufficient personally. That's just if I was handing it out, but I'm not going to sit here and go to bat for him and say that's ah, absolutely ridiculous. You just can't do that to somebody that's just trying to do their job, man, emotional or not. It's not acceptable. There needs to be some kind of punishment for him from the league. But let's I mean at least the man is was trying to. And she showed some rewards. He's apologized. I don't know if he's tracked the guy down. If he could, I I haven't heard. Has this guy suffered any actual like injury from this? I know he went to the hospital to get checked out and everything, which is is right. That's totally fine. But isn't this a situation we can try to let Devontae Adams work out a little bit on his own with some league supervision to make sure that he makes amends properly? This really, I mean, look. It's not cool to do. I, I guess it's just, I feel like it's so rare that we go to these punishment phases and you have uh, actual grown men here that said, I, I messed up. I really do apologize. I don't know. Like I guess it. he gets a game, he gets a game. I'm not going to sit here and say the NFL was wrong for it. But it is nice to see him want to try to make amends here somehow, some way. That's the nice thing about it. We'll, we'll see how it all folds out. He gets a game, he gets a game. Too bad. But if, I mean, if he shoves a guy and gets a little bit scraped up and that's worth a game, then I'm sorry, we need to reevaluate everything else. It's all the other punishments that are going on in the league because that's a different benchmark all of a sudden. Maybe that's a little bit more of what my issue is with the whole thing. Is this just giant discrepancy and things where you're like, holy smokes, that's really bad. They should come down heavy on that versus, okay, yeah, they deserve something, but compared to all the other stuff we think should get heavier stuff, this is kind of nonsense, right? Maybe that's really what my problem is, and maybe that's what your problem is when we talk about with uh, Devontae Adams on whether or not he should get suspended. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the uh, Hammer Down Show. We'll draw out our winner here in just a moment. Tomorrow, Shane Fry, West Lafayette, Red Devils is our guest. And we'll get you ready for that Bears Thursday night kickoff. Back here tomorrow, 3 o'clock on the...